welcome to episode three of the Stan Solo Show. Today I wanted to start off just by saying a big thank you to all of those people who've been watching my trailer reaction videos over the last few days. It's something that um, I've just started doing. I've only done sort of two or three, three I think I've done, yeah. Uh, three trailer reaction videos, but I've had a really great response, especially from the one I put out yesterday, which was a trailer reaction for uh, Series 4 of The Crown. So over 300 views on that in 24 hours, which for a channel my size is pretty amazing. So thanks for everybody who's been interacting uh, on those on those videos. And uh, yeah, keep it up. Keep watching them. Uh, I hope you enjoy them. Um, we'll continue to do them in the future. Uh, so now the first couple of episodes of the Stan Solo Show have been more of a interview-style podcast with a couple of my friends. Uh, you, the first one was with my friend Grant, who is a NHS frontline worker about the coronavirus and stuff like that. So um, I hope you enjoyed that. There's been quite a good good reaction to that too. And the second one was with my mate Les, uh, who I've been mates with since I was sort of uh, three or four years old, and it was good chat that we had haven't done any since then but I've been hmm, doing other things as it were and uh, yeah getting back into to the podcasting and stuff now hopefully we'll make a few changes to the channel and you'll see today that this is kind of another way I want to go really uh, I want to start using this platform uh, to start to learn more stuff uh, meet new people and generally just improve myself by trying to learn different things in you know, vast, different areas of of the world and uh, topics, really. So I'm going to be looking into topics that interest me, uh, trying to learn new things about these topics, find some great stories for you guys as well, um, and try to entertain you as best I can, really. And hopefully the show will grow into something organically, sort of, I guess, over time and find its place amongst the podcast communities that are out there. So at the moment, I'm not not too sure with sort of what genre or what area this podcast is is going to go in but I think that's okay that's fine I'm gonna just do what I want to do really and 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 see where it goes over time hopefully it will grow and um, we'll find a good community of people to chat and learn some new things and there'll be more interviews as well in the future from from some other I've already got a couple of interviews lined up uh, for later on probably just before Christmas, I have two or three interviews that hopefully I'll be able to do, um, which should be quite nice for you guys as well. So uh, today I found some stories from a time gone by, as they say, medieval stories to be precise. Uh, some are a little bit spooky, uh, some are more sort of thought-provoking, but I hope you enjoy them first of all. Um, you know, I hope you enjoy the stories. I'm really into sort of like medieval stuff and and interested in in that kind of time of time of um, humanity really where things were just not properly that nice to live to live in you know pre medicine really people were still sticking leeches on on each other's body although they still do that today I think uh, I think leeches are actually quite beneficial I'm not a doctor though so don't quote me on that. Uh, <laughs> But, uh, you know, you get the point, right? Pre-medicine, pre-sort of modern medicine, uh, pre-sanitation, all that kind of stuff. It must be a really pre, pre-electricity, you know, all this kind of stuff. It must have been a very weird place to live. And a lot of the stories that come out are really odd and spooky. And I think because it is such a, 
mm, sort of a, a dark time, I guess, uh, in our history. Some of the most interesting stories do come out of those sort of medieval um, eras. So I found online today, I found five tales, I guess they're called. I really should put some kind of like loot music behind this, right? Uh, some some kind of uh, yeah medieval loot music. Uh, if I can find some, I'll put it here now. There we go. That's better. Uh, so five medieval tales that are too good to be true. So whether or not these stories are true is still up for debate, but I found these stories and I hope that you find them interesting and maybe we'll learn something about medieval history. Uh, first of all, though, I want to just have a quick look. If people didn't know the word medieval or, or didn't really know where it came from, I thought I'd sort of Google that first. Um, so the word medieval really is also used in conjunction with, with sort of the Middle Ages. So in the history of Europe, the Middle Ages or the medieval period lasted from about the uh, fifth, sorry, the fifth to the late 15th century. So quite a long time. That's like a thousand years, right? Is it? Um, it began with the fall of Western of the Western Roman Empire and merged into the Renaissance Age and the Age of Discovery. The Middle Ages or the medieval period is the middle period of the three traditional divisions of Western history. Uh, classical antiquity, the medieval period, and the modern period. Uh, middle, medieval period is itself subdivided into early, med, early medieval period, the high medieval period, and the late Middle Ages. Um, so yes, these stories could have come anywhere then, basically, uh, between the 5th and 15th centuries, if you go by what that says. So we'll have a quick look at some of these stories. Some of them are a little bit spooky, like I said. Uh, some of them are funny, strange, a little bit creepy as well. Um, and they say, that, they say on the website here that they're probably not true, but I think, I don't know. If a story's this old and you know it's gone through the tests of time, there must be some truth to it, right? Hmm. So the first story, uh, number one. The name of the story is The Dead Queen on the throne. Alright, the dead queen on the throne. Hmm. Does what it says on the tin, I guess. Uh, let's have a quick read of this then. So it says, in the year 1339, the 20-year-old Prince of Portugal, named Peter, married Constance of Penafel. However, he soon fell in love with her lady-in-waiting, Ines de Castro. And the two kept up their affair for years, having four children together. However, Peter's father, King Alfonso IV, um, he hated Ines, Ines and tried to keep the couple apart. Eventually, he sent some of his men to murder Ines, And they beheaded her in front of her infant son. Peter would get revenge on his on two of the murderers, having them executed by ripping out their hearts. See, the medieval period was pretty, pretty, uh, pretty nasty, pretty gory. Um, yeah, ripping out their hearts. I mean, all right. Uh, his love for Innes would not go away, however, and when, according to some sources, he ascended to the throne in 1357. So he became, so he was Prince of Portugal, um, and then in 1357, when he took the throne, uh, 
Peter had her body exhumed from her grave, placed on a throne adorned with the jewellery and royal clothes and forced all the nobles to pay homage by kissing the hem of her garment. Now, that's pretty mental. Um, so she'd been dead probably, what? Well, she was murdered, wasn't she? So she, I mean, she was her body was probably in a bit of a state as it was. Um, how was she killed? Does it say how she was killed? Uh, tried to keep the couple apart. Eventually sent some of his men to murder her. Uh, and they beheaded her, right? They beheaded her in front of her infant son. So I'm not sure what he did with the head, uh, or whether he just put the body on the throne, and he must have just stuck it back on again, I guess, the head. Um, but that's the rumour anyway. The rumour was that he had her grave exhumed, and for some reason put her on a throne, slapped a bit of makeup on her, I guess, uh, put a few few golden golden rings five golden rings uh, and forced all the nobles to pay homage by kissing the hem of their garments not a really nice thing to do I guess but he was obviously very very annoyed with uh, having his mistress murdered so that was what he did to get get some revenge um, as with all of these stories let me know in the comments below if you enjoy the stories, what one is your favourite? Um, is there any truth to these stories? That kind of stuff. So comments on the YouTube uh, channel if you are watching on YouTube or if you're listening on uh, on the podcast app. Uh, I'm sure there's probably some way you can comment or go, go ahead to YouTube and, and uh, check it out. So that's the first one. What do you think about that? The dead queen on the throne. Probably not true, I would say. Um, yeah, don't know. Probably not true, but an interesting story nonetheless. I would say that was a believability. Should we give these some believability scores? Um, let's give a score for this one. Out of ten, one meaning being, or zero I guess, being it didn't happen, to ten being this definitely, definitely happened, I would give the dead queen on the throne probably a... probably a four... Um, obviously, it's not something you could get away with now, but in the Middle Ages, yeah, they seemed to just do what they wanted, really, didn't they? So perhaps he was a little bit mental. Perhaps he was a bit of a psycho and dug up his his wife's, or not his wife, his his uh, his his mistress's body and put it on the throne. Uh, yeah, I'll probably give that probably a four out of ten today for believability. Um, a solid four, I guess. Um, we'll move on, we'll move on. Let's have a look at the next story. So the next one, uh, number two, the miser's plan to fake his own death. Now, what is a miser? Probably going to look that up first. See, we're learning already. Uh, yeah, one of the main things I wanted to do really with this show is to um, just try and learn a few things, you know, try and, try and look in areas that you wouldn't sort of look in before, maybe learn learn a few things about the world and, and history and all that kind of stuff so uh miser miser for me would be like someone saying oh you old miser you old miser some some kind of old guy who kind of plods around and is a bit moody almost like a scrooge kind of character i guess um but let's have a look miser is a person who is reluctant yeah is reluctant to spend sometimes to the point of foregoing even basic comforts and some necessities in order to hoard money or other possessions. So yeah, basically a Scrooge character. Um, so 
Might try and use that word at some point in the future. Um, that'd be good, wouldn't it? So uh, the second tale then uh, is the miser's plan to fake his own death. So this is a true story in in sort of inverted commas uh, of the life and sudden death of old John Overs, the rich ferryman of London. I'm guessing a ferryman is somebody who works on a ferry. Um, yeah, must be. Uh, it was first published, this story, in 1637, but purports to be a tale from early medieval times before the London Bridge was built. Um, so 1637, that was not in the medieval period, right? But it purports to be a tale from the early medieval times. Um, John Overs worked as the ferryman, taking people across the Thames from London to Southwark. Is that Southwark? Uh, although he grew rich, uh, the text explains he was a terrible miser, so a Scrooge-like character, acting so cheap that he would not give light from his candles to his neighbours, and that mice and rats would stay away from his home because there was not a bit of food left over. Um, one day he came up with the idea to skip on having to feed his servants a meal. He pretended that he was dead and had himself wrapped in a burial shroud. Odd thing to do, but um, yeah, we'll go with that for the time being. He believed that his servants would be so sad that they would fast for the day, after which John would feign a sudden recovery. Um, sounds a little bit like a, one of Baldrick's cunning plans. Um, so he, he basically pretended to be dead, wrapped himself in a burial shroud. And then what was his plan? To sort of wake up and make everybody feel happy again, I guess? Um, however, when the servants heard of his death, uh, they were overjoyed. Breaking open the cupboards, they took out his bread, his cheese and his ale and had a party around the shrouded corpse. Eventually, John Overs was so upset by his servants' actions that he decided to end the charade and chastise them for their waste. As John struggled to get out of his burial shroud, one of his servants saw this and thinking it was a ghost rising from the dead, immediately grabbed an oar and beat his master to death. The story does not end there, because John Overs, uh, John Overs had been excommunicated uh, from the church, I guess, for ursery. He's been excommunicated excommunicated from the church for ursery uh, which is what ursery 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 anybody have any ideas what that word is let's put that up here ursery is the illegal action of a practice of lending money at unreasonably high rates of interest okay so kind of like um, payday loans I guess which probably should be illegal as well um, so he was found guilty of ursery and excommunicated from the church he was refused a Christian burial his daughter eventually bribed a monastery to bury him but when the abbot who had been away returned he immediately had the corpse dug up then placed it on the back of an ass. I guess the animal, the ass, not on not on somebody's bum. 
place it on the back of the ass. Uh, the animal then wandered through the streets. The animal, yeah, it wasn't somebody's ass. Uh, the animal then wandered through the streets of London before arriving at St. Thomas at Watering, the place where executions took place. The ass then shrugged off John Over's body as if the ass knew what was going on, uh, and he was buried there. Ah, so that's the story of Scrooge, basically. John Overs, a poor man who pretended to die and then got hit by an oar when he woke up. Not the greatest plan ever. Um, so yeah, don't be mean, I guess is the moral of that story. Because your servants, if you have them, um, probably won't like it. And then they're going to hit you around the head and make sure you don't come back. Um, so what do you think about that one? I think believability for that. I, I, I believe he may have had a plan to save money um, by essentially screwing over his um, <laughs> screwing over his workers or servants, as they were called back then. Um, I don't know. I guess it could have happened. Pretending to be dead and wrapping yourself in a burial cloth it does seem pretty weird though um, and not very practical either how would you wrap yourself in a burial gown you think that mm, you think it would take somebody maybe to sort of put the final clasp on it otherwise you just unravel right um, yeah I'm not too convinced about that I mean John John Overs was obviously a a bit of a bit of a Scrooge. Maybe uh, what's more likely is that he annoyed his workers one day, made them super super pissed off, and one of them hit him with an oar and killed him. Um, I guess that could have happened. Probably more likely, and then they may have wrapped him up in a burial a burial shroud, and and that's the story. They they you know everybody that was there then had a party, you know, ate his wine. Ate his wine, drunk his wine, ate his cheese, and made up this story that he pretended to be dead. Sounds like a, a good alibi, really. Uh, probably not one that would work these days. Nevertheless, it does sound like a good uh, alibi that may have worked in the Middle Ages. Um, so yeah, I think believability of that one, I don't... I mean, the story could be true... Um, that that is the story that they gave. I just don't. I don't believe that he would have uh, wrapped himself up. So, I'm going to go with a two. I'm going to go with a two out of ten for that one, for believability. Um, moving on. Next one's a bit of a shorter one. So number three, we've got uh, the story di dinner. Sorry, dinner with your lover. Dinner with your lover. Um, a 13th century story tells how. Now I'm going to mess these words up pretty awfully. Uh, Le Chatelaine de Cousy, uh, a troubadour. No idea what that is. Le Chatelaine de Cousy. Sounds a little bit French. What were they up to, these French people back in the day, eh? Uh, troubadour is a composer. Uh, troubadour. Troubadour, yeah. Troubadour was a composer and a performer of old Occitan lyric poetry uh, during the during the High Middle Ages. Okay, so some kind of poet, 
probably one of those people that plays the lute, I guess. Um, so a 13th century story tells how Le Chatelain de Cuchy, uh, troubadour, had an affair with the Lady of Fayet, who was married. Ooh, not a good one. Not a good start for him, is it? Uh, the troubadour took part in the Third Crusade, but at the Siege of Accra, he was mortally wounded as he was about to die. He begged a man to remove his heart and give it to his tr- true to its true owner. The man did so, but when he reached the home of Lady of Faye, he foolishly told her husband. Oh, he foolishly, he foolishly told her husband about the request. The husband took the heart had it cooked, and then served it to his wife for dinner. After she had finished, he revealed what the meat really was, uh, and after this, she refused all food and starved to death. Wow. That does sound like a medieval story. That does sound like something would have happened back then, I guess. Uh, Pretty mental. Pretty mental. So we'll go through that again. So basically, he cheated... this this lady, Lady of Fire, cheated on her husband with Le Chatelaine de Soucy. Soucy. Um, some kind of musician, right? I guess like a medieval rock star, I guess he might have been. Sort of might have been the Axel Rose of his day. Um, so then he went to fight and got mortally wounded in battle. So the thing I don't get about this is that you're dying on the floor in some kind of puddle in in medieval wherever, England or or France or whatever. And you say, oh, I'm going to die. You know, my time's almost up on this earth. I'm already in a serious amount of pain. I'm probably going to die any minute. I'll tell you what, can you just take out my heart and give uh, give it to my mistress? She'll appreciate it. I mean, I wouldn't. That's a gift you would not want to receive. To be fair, a mouldy old heart. By the time, especially back in the day, you know, when there's no, you can't, you can't pop in an Uber and just pop it over. You know, pop on over to to give it to her. He has to probably walk or get some kind of horse-drawn carriage and whatever they had back then. Uh, there was definitely no Concorde at that point, so um, it would have been all mouldy and dry and. Not very nice. Anyway, but the husband uh, opened the door, I guess. So you have a knock at the door. And then the guy says, Oh, I've got uh, I've got a heart for you. It's uh, it's come from a man who's knocking off your wife. Do you want it? Mm. So then he served it to his wife for dinner. Oh, firstly, he cooked the heart. I mean, yeah, I guess. The story's kind of got weird enough already. So he cooked the heart. And then served it to his wife uh, for dinner. And after she'd finished it, you know, she had the juicy meal. She was like, oh, that's nice, that. It's a nice bit of meat. You know, doesn't taste fully fresh. Um, you know, it's not the best cut, but uh, I enjoyed it anyway. Uh, so after she's finished it all, he then told her what the meat really was. And then after that, she refused all food and starved to death. So she just gave it. She was like, nah, that's it. I've had my heart. I've had the heart. Can't be dealing with any more food. Uh, I'm going to starve to death, even though the guy that I may have loved is already dead. So, you know, weigh up your options. The husband was obviously willing to keep her on, I guess. Um, also, like, you don't, I mean, do you. 
yeah, you probably don't want to eat meat again for a while, but all food? I don't know. Have a potato. You know, have a potato. Uh, what do we think about that story then? This story, the name of that story was Dinner With Your Lover. That's quite a, uh, a witty, witty name for that story. Uh, Dinner With Your Lover. What do we think about that? I think that's probably more true... I don't know, is that more true than the previous one? With the guy wrapped himself in a blanket? I guess it is. I think uh, I think things like this probably happened a lot. I remember there was a story about uh, another medieval story. I can't remember who it was, but uh, a king or a queen, you know, somebody royal had an affair and, and when the husband found out, he went and killed... Um, killed the, the person that his wife was having an affair with cut off his head then brought it back put it in a jar and made his wife sleep next to the head uh, I think that was true so I mean yeah this could this could happen things like that did happen back then uh, so I'm going to go with a 5 a solid 5 out of 10 for that one it could have happened it could not have done could be absolute nonsense so um, I'm going to go with a solid 5 I'm going to go with a solid 5 for that one um, what have we got next dinner with your lover we've got the number 4 number 4 the Cockamamie plan to destroy London. Cockamamie plan to destroy London. Hmm. Um, that's not that long either, really. Let's have a look at this one. This story appears in an official government document. Um, so it must be true then. Hmm, if the government's telling us something's true. Yeah, we've got to believe it. Um, an official government document, The Hundred Rolls, a census and taxation record that was commissioned by King Edward I. It relates to how Sir Richard de Southchurch, the Sheriff of Essex, came to his manor in 1267 and requested supplies to help King Henry III retake the city of London against rebel barons. While there were no normal requests, like chickens to feed the wounded and ropes for catapults, Richard, oh sorry, while there were normal requests, so there were normal requests to have some chickens, always always got to have a chicken, uh, to feed the wounded and ropes for catapults, Richard also asked for cocks, 40 and more. Uh, presumably he means male chickens, uh, unless Richard was a little bit kinky, um, and he asked for 40 cocks, I guess. Um, to whose feet, yeah, to his, so he asked for 40 cocks, uh, to whose feet he declared he would tie fire, um, okay, and send them flying to London to burn it down, tie fire, I'm not sure you can do that, um, tie fire to things, I mean the string would burn, wouldn't it, for a start, um, send them flying to London and burn it down, anyway, good, good plan. I mean, you could use a bird, some kind of eagle or something would be probably a better flyer than a than a than a cock. Uh, many scholars have wondered about the practicalness of a plan to set forty roosters on fire and send them into London to destroy the city. Yeah, it would be a little bit of a risk. Um, I think I don't know. Could they fly if they're tied to fire? Hmm. One historian believes that the sheriff was simply uh, just saying this to scam the villagers out of their poultry, which sounds more realistic. It, it, you know, oh, can I have forty chickens, please? 
Yeah, sure. What, what do you need? Well, cocks, sorry. I, 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 yeah, I've got some cocks. I've got, I've got 40, back 40 cocks out the back. Uh, what do you need them for, by the way? Do you need them, you know, just to help feed the, the poor and, and the hungry and whatever? And, um, you know, mate with hens and make some eggs and stuff? Ah, oh, no, no, what I'm going to do is I'm going to tie fire to them and I'm going to burn London. All right, yeah. Um, I mean, I think you'd be better off just telling the truth and just saying, look, I just need some more cocks in my life. Um, yeah. Seems like an odd an odd thing to say, but believable again. I'd say that's probably quite believable. Probably believable that the story is true. Um, the idea of the story is crazy. But, yeah, I'd say that's true. I'd probably give that about a 7. I'd say that's probably a 7 out of 10. Uh, it doesn't seem too far-fetched to think that somebody would um, would think up a plan to do it. Um, if the story had said, like, yeah, I mean, these, these these roosters actually took off carrying fire and then, you know, firebombed a city from, from the air, obviously that would be less likely. But, um, yeah, I think that's that's probably quite quite realistic. Although, yeah, you got to wonder about his sanity, really. I mean, selling... Yeah, I'm going to firebomb London. Can I have some cocks, please? Um, yeah. So I'm going to go with the seven for that one. I think I'm going to go solid seven. I'm pretty sure that must be true. And it also, it does say that the story appears in the government documents. The Hundred Rolls. Should we have a quick look at that? The Hundred Rolls. What is the Hundred Rolls? Let's have a look. Mm, hundred Rolls... Wikipedia. Uh, census of England and parts of what now is Wales, taken in the late 13th century, often considered an attempt to produce a second doomsday book. Uh, they are named after the hundreds by which most returns were recorded. Okay, so it's just a census really, isn't it? How many people are living here? I don't have to tell you that. Hmm. All right, well, let's move on to the last story for today, the last of, in our medieval stories. If you have enjoyed this as well, we might do a part two at some point if I can find some more. Uh, so, yeah, just let me know if you've enjoyed this. Um, and if you haven't, you know, never mind. You may have picked something up that you found interesting. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> the penny, number five, the penny that would not stay still. The penny that would not stay still. Um... All right, yeah, not too long this one either. So in Gerard, Gerald, sorry, in Gerald of Wales. Um, oh no, Gerald of Wales is a person. Hang on. In Gerald of Wales's 12th century account, the history and topography of Ireland, he tells how the city of Dublin was captured by Richard de Clare, Earl of Pembroke. He writes, when the city was captured, an archer, among others, offered a penny to the cross in the Church of the Holy Trinity, and as he turned to go away, was hit in the back by the penny, flung after immediately. He was hit in the back by the penny, flung after immediately. He took it up and offered it to the cross a second time, but the same thing happened. While many people standing about looked on and wondered, then the archer confessed before all that on that very day, he had plundered the residence of the archbishop within the very precincts of that church, 
A penance was imposed upon him, and he returned whatever he had got from the archbishop's uh, residence. He then bought back the same penny in great fear and awe for the third time to the cross. This time, finally, it remained and did not move. Kind of a ghost story, I guess, this one, right? So he's, uh, or not ghost story, but uh, a godly a godly ghost story. So what he's done, he's basically nicked stuff from the archbishop. He's gone in there and he's taken taken all his, uh, all his I don't know what they have, hats, I guess. Uh, hats and jewellery and, and um, stuff like that. Probably church coin as well. He's probably made a few quid out of that. Um, so he's done that. He felt guilty about it, and he's he's put a penny next to a cross, and then somebody's gone, picked it up, and thrown it at him basically because it hasn't done it on its own, has it? Um, so somebody's thrown throwing the penny back at him. Um, maybe he's just hiding behind the cross. Somebody's put it on the oh, yeah, I'm cleaning up around here. Pick the pick the coin up, lobbed it back, and then uh, to their annoyance, he's done it again a second time. Oi! I told you, don't put that penny there. Someone's thrown it back at him. Um, and then that person's probably gone home for the day. You know, they probably work half half day or something, cleaning the church in the morning. He's thought, oh, this is this is because of the stuff I've done for the archbishop. So he's given his given his gold back, given his hats back, given his cloaks back, all that kind of stuff. And then um, he's gone back in the afternoon when there's nobody around and he's put the penny back. Uh, that would be a more logical conclusion to that story but it's 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 a nice one to round off um round off the stories the penny that would not stay still i don't believe that whatsoever um i mean i believe the story happened probably happened um i don't think it was uh, (laughs) what's the correct word i don't think it was a paranormal experience or, or anything like that so um but did the story happen probably so let's go. Let's just go for another five. Five out of ten. So I believe the story, but I don't believe the supernatural elements to the story. So there's your five stories for today. What was your favourite one? Uh, let me know in the comments below if you have any other medieval stories you want to share with me. Any other ideas uh, for topics uh, that we could chat about on the channel. Uh, very interested in all these kind of medieval stuff. It's, 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 quite, uh, it's quite interesting. History is always something that's been interesting to me, especially medieval stuff, when people were just weird, weren't they? People are just... It's just a different world back then. Um, yeah, let me know in the comments below if you did enjoy today's uh, today's podcast as well, today's show. Um, did you... Where did you find it? Anyone send you here? Let me know. Hit Hit a like, I guess. Smash a like, as they say. If you like the video, uh, if you like the podcast, you can you can uh, don't forget to tell your friends about it. And yeah, thanks very much for watching. I shall probably be back um, on Monday. Going to have a couple of days at the weekend. Actually, tomorrow I'm going to record some more trailer reaction videos tomorrow. I think and have them up maybe on Sunday or, or Monday. Uh, have a couple more of those up. And I what else have I got? I've got some other plans. I did write down a few notes actually for the channel. What did I write on here? Let's have a look. I will tell you. So I've I've got some just a couple of things I've been thinking about. Did I put them on here? I can't remember if I did or not. Um. Mm, no, I didn't write them on there. Did I put them on my iPad? 
somewhere. So not at hand, unfortunately. But um, I have got some 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 ideas of stuff I'm going to do on the channel and stuff going forward. And I also do have some interviews lined up for the near future. Hopefully before Christmas, I'll have a couple more. But this has been episode three of the Stan Solo Show. I hope you've enjoyed it. If you have, again, uh, you know, do all those things that you have to do on YouTube. And if you're watching on, or if you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, um, all the other kind of podcast things that I've got. Uh, what are the other ones called? Heart Radio, I guess. Don't know. Anyway, the podcast is going to be on, on on a variety of different podcast platforms. Don't really know what I'm doing with podcasting as sending it out just yet. So I'm still working on how to do that. Um, but if you look it up on the main one, Spotify is probably the main one. It will be on there. And um, yeah, go over and, and follow the channel if you'd enjoyed it. All right, so thanks again. I will be off, and I guess episode four will be coming soon, so keep your eye out for that one. All right, catch you later, guys. Bye-bye.